It's Friday, February 16th, 2007, and you're listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. I'm your host, Lance Hunter. Let's begin. On Monday, February 12th, 2007, I sat down with four members of the Flipside Combustion Chamber. The Combustion Chamber originated as a way for the Austin Artist Reconstruction LLC, the group that signs all the paperwork and officially runs Flipside, to get feedback from the community. Over time, this consensus-run body has evolved into a vital nerve center for the Flipside organization. Most Combustion Chamber members, in addition to their CC duties, also often volunteer as leads and offer their services to ensure that the event runs smoothly each year. This happens to be the case with each of the individuals in this interview. Also, for those of you listening to the enhanced version of this podcast, I'm trying out something a little different today. Since this is a multi-person interview, the enhanced podcast will display the image of the individual that is speaking as they speak, so you can get a better idea of you know who's speaking. And, of course, these are all bad cell phone camera shots, so please forgive that. And now, my interview with Psyche, Star, Tom, and Bonobo of the Flipside Combustion Chamber. Hi, everyone. Thank you for submitting to this interview. This is the Combustion Chamber on February 12th, I think. Yeah, 2007. We're at Clementine. That's the music in the background. Uh, why don't you go in Deozil, introduce yourselves, and then we'll start asking questions. My name's uh, Bonobo, and I'm the uh, city planning um, area facilitator. I've been on uh, CC for a year and the LLC for the previous three years. Hi, my name is Star. I am the ticket lead this year. I'm on the CC for a year, I think. Two? I have no idea. I'm on the CC. Yes. Hi, I'm Psyche. Um, I've been on the CC for over a year, same thing as Star, and I'm doing uh, infrastructure truck lead again for the uh, third time, which is always a very interesting experience. And I'm Tom, and I have been on the CC for about two years, and uh, I was the former city planning area facilitator, but not doing that again and uh, you're helping us dude I'm helping them I'm the consultant for city planning this year and uh, otherwise keeping my nose out of everything alright uh, I guess the first question is perhaps the most obvious is what the hell is the combustion chamber no one's allowed to speak for it so <laughs> it makes it difficult to, to the Combustion Chamber is the advisory committee that was organized to be a liaison between the LLC and the community. The definition kind of says that we don't make policy, but that's kind of not true because that's kind of what we do. Yeah. But mainly we sit around in meetings <laughs> and drink beer right. and stuff like that. So, um, and... Uh, uh, we, we operate on a pure consensus basis, which is really interesting 
um, as for an organization to be completely consensus-based, which means that one person says no, and then we have to keep discussing. But it usually works out, surprisingly. Usually, yeah, it always, always has. almost always agree on whatever it is, which kind of makes everybody feel that you know we're all on the same page, and you totally. know it's almost odd how we all agree. So Everyone's it's a great really while. Really kind of cool how we work together yeah. in such a good way. It's, it astounds me and gives me hope for humanity. <laughs> if the combustion chamber can agree, then humanity will survive. <laughs> <Yes>. The combustion <laughs> chamber drives uh, most of the decision making for the Flipside organization, um, except for those issues which are directly related to finances, uh, safety, and uh, liability. And liability. But we don't drive it ourselves. We take direction from the community. We get community feedback and always ask for community involvement in everything that we do. The liability issues are decided by the LLC. They have final trump on that as the organization, as the group of people which take the legal liability for the The event. ones who can get sued get to decide get what they're going to sued over. Okay. Right. I kind of picture it always like a funnel where, you know, it's upside down funnel. And, you know, the community is up there and all their thoughts come down to us and then we throw it all around and then we we're sort of the back to the LLC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which goes right along with the beer drinking right. and the right. alcohol abuse that occurs at meetings. Right. Okay. Uh, how many people are on the CC right now? Well, it's probably about a dozen. <laughs> it's close to a dozen. It's hard to keep track because people have come and gone and we never really count, like... Not Bob just dropped out, so I think we're right around somewhere between well, 12 and 14. He opted out for a while. Yeah, he's still the, around. He's not, he's not, I don't know if he completely abdicated. No, he didn't drop completely. Um, he did, actually. He said, to make it simple, oh, he did. consider this my resignation for the time being. Oh. And he knows he's welcome back whenever he's he wants to. So on suspension. He just, he just <laughs> thought it would be simpler if he just said, I'm not doing it right now. So. What is the term when... Uh, where a professor goes away for like two semesters or something. Sabbatical. Sabbatical, exactly. Yes. He's, on, he's on sabbatical. He's on sabbatical. I'm going to edit everything out where I was asking about that, and it's just going to be like, yes, he's on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that afterwards part, too. Yeah. Make myself seem smarter than I actually am. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I guess maybe some examples, just to say, like, for example, what is something the CC has had to work on recently for Flipside 2007? And how was that process? Uh, how did y'all go through the process? Everything. Any number well, of things lately. Uh, we, we meet really regularly, and starting now, going into the Flipside season heavily, we'll be meeting every week. We just um, facilitated the lead. The work weekend. Work weekend. <laughs> okay, so y'all set up y'all set up a work weekend. Right, right. The, the scheduling for Flipside starts in earnest about six weeks after the event for the next year coming up, and especially this year where we're trying to move up a lot of the deliverables to six weeks earlier than we ever had it before. Um, the the long term scheduling of stuff takes place. 
late in the summer and wow. continues at a slack pace until the beginning of the year and we're getting pretty close to the thick of it we're yeah. start meeting weekly. But now a lot of the work has shifted from the CC and the LLC to the leads and the AFs, the AF facilitators. We're probably more involved in talking about big picture kind of concepts and stuff for like the six months after the event and then the six months leading up to the event is more of the uh, when the leads and the area facilitators start taking over the actual like operations of the event Okay. and of course a lot of the CC members and the LLC are even leads and or area facilitators the golden shackles of volunteers right and we do it because it's fun <laughs> right. And we, we have lots of fun. And, and, it's and we fun. love meetings. And, 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 and long meetings. <laughs> really long meetings. We've actually gotten better about that. We have gotten better. Last year, we were always going till 11, 30 at night. And this year, we've been finishing it's by been 10. It's colder this year, so we're <laughs> yeah. more motivated to right? finish faster. <laughs> it's been cold forever, it feels like. Yeah. Great. Um, okay, now I want to go around... Uh, just a little bit individually, and uh, I guess I want to go last. Go last. So we're gonna start this way and go Wintership. Okay. So, um, when did you first attend Flipside? Two thousand four. Okay. Uh, see. So how long was it until you went from Flipside to joining the CC? About just over a year. It was after my second Flipside that I actually got onto the CC. Okay. Which is probably really abnormal, abnormally quick. Most people have been around for longer. I was special. Special needs. Which did you attend first, Flipside or Burning Man? Burning Man, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. The, yeah, the, the, whatever, fall prior to... My first book set. So 2003. Uh, you are actually the first person I've interviewed that just answered that question. I don't know about y'all yet. It has attended Burning Man before book so Really? That's, that's a first right here. I know um, several others. But besides uh, I'm sure they have to be around. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure Sodium would have to attend to Burning Man. And Tim, Circus Boy. How has the events uh, changed you, or has it changed you? What's been the influence of this crazy wild thing in your life? Well, it's been a huge part of my life, especially after joining the CC. And, um, yeah, I kind of went, I went, I think, all the way out last year and had CC role, area facilitator role for the first year at the New Land and planning a theme camp and all the build and all the crazy coordination going on with that. I learned a lesson, though, that there's only so much you can do, and taking it much easier this year. But um, as far as your question really goes, I don't know. Um, how has it changed my life? It's opened up my eyes to new horizons and helped me discover who I am. <laughs> Fantastic. Some people won't get the laughing, but I think 
People will get the laugh. People who get it will get the laugh. Alright, um, I guess we'll move on to Saiki. And, uh, hi. Hi. How many, how many? Oh, gosh. I need, I need a beer. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, when did you start attending Clipside? Um, nine, uh, 2000. But how long was it before you went from attending Flipside to being part of the CC? Uh, I believe CC started last, a year ago, last September, so whatever year that was, um, 205, I guess. Um, yeah, so it, it was a while. Um, however, most of all my friends were basically you know, the leadership, and we're a lot of the administrators and right. stuff, so... You were around before the CC existed, yeah. so... Yeah, I guess so. Um, so I was pretty, you know, familiar with, you know, you know some of the inner workings of it. Okay. And, um, let's see, and I'll, I'll, did you attend Burning Man first or Flipside? I actually did attend Burning Man first uh, because I had just moved to Austin, and I moved to Austin two weeks later. I went to my first Burning Man. Um, and then it you know, it just wasn't until the next spring that um, I went to the first flip side. So that was, yeah, that was 2000 then. Awesome. What do you personally envision the role of the CC being the flip side? I think we um, kind of format a structure, you know, we kind of build an invisible structure um, that doesn't, wasn't there before, and we always have to keep kind of adapting it and changing it, and, you know, each year we learn new stuff, and you can't always use what you used last year, this new year, um, you know, for example, uh, the, uh, the wild lions, um, you know, there, there is a wild cat on the premises last year that you know, was new and it didn't bother anybody but you know that's something that we you know had to remember this year that we've got to put in the um, survival guide you know, don't touch the kitty you know, so uh, <laughs> as but, if they'd give you the choice right. the chance ever can you touch you back yeah but um it just we're there to kind of make up a schedule and you know make up the calendar and then start putting all the pieces into place and somehow we get this crazy crazy event out of it. So y'all, uh, and let's let's see if I can make this into a simple metaphor. Y'all build the glass and shape the glass that everyone then pours their water of whatever into to make the event. I see it more like a gerbil cage. Okay. <laughs> if it doesn't get cleaned out periodically, it really starts to stink. You know, it's got the tunnels and the gerbil can go up and down and around the wheel and two gerbils can meet at one place. I look at it more like that. Fantastic. Excellent. Hi, I'm uh, the star. Hi. Hi. So, uh, yeah, when did you first start attending Flipside? I think, was it Home on the Strange was 2000? Mm -hmm. 2000 was my first flip side. And then the next year I started creating a giant theme camp for some ungodly, unknown reason. <laughs> cool. 
yeah, and I guess, um, yeah, how long was it until you joined the uh, CC? So I guess I've been on the CC for a year, um, but I, I was really involved in helping with lots of stuff with the organization and then um, running a camp and learning a lot about doing that. And then we did three years in Burning Man. So I went to Flipside first, and then I did three years at Burning Man. rotator here. How would you compare Burning Man to Flipside? What are the pros and cons of each of these? Um, the thing about Flipside is it feels like home. And it feels more like I started to realize I wanted to put more of my energy into my home event. Um, it takes a lot for us here in Texas to go all the way to Nevada and um, Nevada, whatever, and um, <laughs> um, I, I, it just, it, it made me realize how lucky we are to have this event and to have um, all the things that we have, and I love Burning Man, but I think Flipside is my home, and um, Burning Man is spectacular, it's like the mega, super Walmart Disneyland, and then um, Flipside is more like the down-home country store that everyone knows your name and and you have time to like actually see most of it. It's like Cheers. Yeah. Everyone knows your name. Right. It's like Cheers versus Shooter. I don't it's know. Something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally silly, right ridiculous. Um, and I didn't, yeah, pretty much about Walmart. I take that back. Can you edit that out? <laughs> I could, but, anyway. but you can start from the beginning of your comments. But anyway, um, it just seems it's more uh, personal to me, Flipside, than Burning Man. Much. Yeah. Much. Okay. Me too. Well, I think also because I put a lot of my, a lot of my spare time into making helping it making it happen. Yeah. So. Back to Bonobo, same question. Uh, yeah, we'll start out with, when did you first start attending Flipside? I went to Flipside for the first time in 2002, and it really had a um, strong impact on my life. And um, oddly enough, by 2003, I was on the LLC. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you were I, special, I, too. I was special. I think it really helped that I wasn't very well connected with the group. And uh, was a pretty outside force with uh, connections with a lot of people, peripheral connections with a lot of people in the first community. And uh, I went to uh, Burning Man in 2005, that's the only time I've gone. And uh, I really had an amazing time out there. I also missed a strong sense of community that I'm lucky enough to. Um, appreciate when I'm at Flipside. On the other hand, uh, Burning Man was really incredible for me because I was embedded in uh, Charlie Smith's art project, uh, The Synapse Project, which is which was, uh, five of his very large uh, fire cauldrons burning out in the quiet. So that was really special to get out the first year and be involved in a large official piece of Burning Man art. And it's 
it's still for me the most incredible thing about Burning Man is I think it's the greatest art gallery on the face of the planet. And the art I, I saw out there and the things you hear about and see pictures of out there is really phenomenal and something that uh, we certainly have a long way to go. And a whole bunch of uh, increase in ticket prices before we can ever achieve <laughs> anything like that. So, so when Burning Man. When Flips has $300 tickets, then we'll start having the giant 50-foot-tall mechanical snakes and straight fire. I think we can already have that without $300 yeah. ticket prices. Yeah, people are in, in innovative in fundraising and things like that. It doesn't have to be through ticket sales. The trick is to trick the artist to raise their own money and then bring it out there for our enjoyment. <laughs> well, you have to have patrons. In this case, the patrons aren't necessarily giving money but they're organizing things and raising money so that their artist friends can have the resources that they need to make their crazy awesome project come off. So you can, you can edit this back into the, the end of mind that um, <laughs> this year I'm really glad to have enough time to be an area facilitator and involved with city planning uh, as in at the very top level, because it's something I've been wanting to do for a couple of years, and it's a really big stretch to be an LLC member and an area facilitator, or take a major lead role at the same time. It drives people crazy, actually, is what I think, but uh, I'm lucky to have it the way I have it this year. A little bit of blip there, I think it was somebody's cell phone, but anyways, that's good. but I will get that. Um, okay, and now the rapid rotator question going forward is what direction do you see Flipside taking in the coming years? Um, Whether, you know, thing, things that you would like to direct it towards or things that you think are going to be a natural or inevitable outcome of just what's happening. Okay, I'll give you a short answer for that, but I want you to follow up with a question about city planning, because I can I feel more authoritative talking about that. It really, it's not a joke that, um, that there's 12 people on the CC, and it's hard to articulate uh, a policy which represents all of us before we take consensus on that. So I don't have that much to say about it, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Well, it's just a personal question. Yeah. I'm not trying to think the statements made here are obviously not, you know, representative of the entire CC. Or even anyone speaking at this table. But I do know what I can speak to, and so I'll do that. But, um, one of the, the tricky tightrope uh, goals of the CC and the organization is incremental organic growth. We do not believe that we can grow the organization by one third, 50%, or 100% a year and still rely on the unpaid volunteers to deliver the quality experience that they do right now without having total burnout in the organization. In previous years, uh, especially two years ago, we had a lot, a high rate of uh, burnout in the organization, and I think it's stabilized a bit since then. Uh, hopefully, that's a result of people not having to do as much work and uh, sacrificing their good time before, during, and after the event so that you know many, many people who aren't aware of the internal workings can just think it looks like magic and works out just fine that way. So slow, incremental, and what we talk about is organic growth. If the, if the volunteers aren't comfortable doing what they're doing 
then that's a huge negative for the organization, and that's what we're looking to protect is the interest of the volunteers who put on the event. And I think that, um, if I can just chime in there, sure. I just wanted to say that I know a lot of people who are in the organizing of this uh, event before I actually became heavily involved, and I didn't have any idea how much it takes to pull this thing off. It's a four-day festival, five-day if you're infrastructure, um, and it's a gigantic thing to pull off. And I just—that's the one thing I wish that people under, could under, could even understand how how much work it takes. Some people do. I know, but some people really kind of don't, and oh, I yeah. I didn't either. I'm just saying, like it's wow, it, it's. But it's to be fair, some people do realize it's they're a lot connected of tremendous with us work that. Amazing it's, people. It's not do. just setting up a theme camp times a hundred. It's no, no, but it's tremendous work that really cool people do, and it's open for everyone. It's not like it's some closed clique of people doing it. It just takes you to stand up and want to be involved. It's different though because uh, well, we don't have a model, and that's what I keep saying to people. Is, you know, yeah, there's Burning Man, but we actually. Um, see where they've gone wrong, at least as far as some of us are concerned, and try to actually do almost the opposite sometimes. So we don't really have a model of what, you know, we're kind of building here. We're creating the model as we go along. And so looking at it from that way, it's totally inspiring and totally great that, like, you know, we started this or this was started and we get to help make it better and Stronger. And other regionals come to us for advice, like our LLC is going to San Francisco this week for the regional summit because all the other regionals want to know how we do this because we do it so well. We don't and, know how. And we, <laughs> yeah, we don't really we don't know, know how. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and we kick ass. And what Pat told me, what he says, is that you just delegate a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people and then somehow it happens. Right. <laughs> uh, and actually, and here's a few questions I just uh, Thinking about, thinking about San Francisco and all that stuff. You talked about how much effort this takes and how much you are putting forward. Uh, and this is probably something that most people listening will know, but maybe a few people won't. What compensation do you receive from the LLC? Compensation? I receive the goodwill of my fellow community members and the satisfaction that I got to help put this thing on. Right. So there's, there's no pay, there's no. They give us a dinner. We get a dinner party oh, out of it. An appreciation. <laughs> that's for all the leads. That's that's not a, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's everybody. We so. get to know that if we're ever bored on a Monday night, we have family to go hang out with. That's that's about what we get out of it. I in terms of there's there's not no pay, no free tickets, no, no nothing. No free I I am always hopefully looking forward to sexual favors, but they have not <laughs> as yet. Oh, we did get free pizza the other day at the um, ticket thing because well, people had people, sent in. Yeah, people send in pizza gift certificates. That's nice. Oh, really? During ticket time, which was really us. nice because we gave up an it afternoon to nice go through all these envelopes. Because someone sent a twenty dollar gift certificate to HEB, and we got. A bunch of beer, and then, and then a thirty-dollar pizza gift certificate for Austin's Pizza. We got yeah. three giant pizzas, and that was really helpful. Were they that trying to awesome. bribe you? Do I you think probably. Did it work? Yes. Are they getting tickets? <laughs> well, Everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I want to make a caveat to that statement. Sure, sure. Actually, let's, let's go ahead and ask a few ticket questions since this is hopefully going to go out tomorrow. So this will be this will save people for ticket questions, hopefully. Okay, and yeah, you can. Um, tickets. Yeah, anything you want to say just to let the people know what's going on. Sure, I just updated the site today to say that. Okay. So, this doesn't guarantee everything, but if you sent your request in on time, and if you followed directions, and if you actually put something in the envelope that you sent us, it is highly likely that you will get your ticket. Did people um, send empty envelopes? Yes. Yeah. My God. <laughs> empty envelopes. Fantastic. With nothing in them. I also received envelopes with like little pieces of pretty paper that say, Ooh, I'd love to go to Flipside and no money. And so, I mean, there's several things like that. But, and I, and I, and I you know, it's. I, I don't want to make any definitive statements at this time because I don't want anyone to come back and say, you said we'd all get tickets. So right, right now it's looking really good. The numbers are looking really good. And provided you followed the instructions and sent it in on time, you're most likely going to get your ticket. And you know there's one stone guy who's like looking, he's like, oh, right, I did good. And then he looks over his desk and he's like, Oh, fuck. There's my money ordering shit. I forgot I, to put anything in my envelope. I really couldn't oh, no. believe that I got blank envelopes. Like, I'm just like, people, I don't... Well, there, other, there was that one that they had gone to great lengths to decorate their envelope and include all kinds of stuff in the envelope. And everything was in there except for money. Yeah. <laughs> but they had spent hours there was and days all kinds of stuff, yeah, getting ready there. for their envelope. And I will say also, you know, the most enjoyable thing to do, like this is a really fun job because I get to check the mailbox and and all this amazing stuff comes through and people make these masterpieces, which I will be making an art piece out of them this year like they did last year so people can see what people did. Ticket art. And it's really awesome. That's really awesome. But, you know, just be patient is all I can say. And the survival guide has not been printed yet. We lost our printer from last year. And it's quite expensive to print this thing. And we're trying to get a good deal and get it done and out to you as fast as possible. But we have to have all those things in place before we can send out the tickets. Um, and the survival guide takes the input of all of the leads and the area facilitators. So the people um, working on, I'm not on that team, but the survival guide team has been working really hard to get all of the information right and in there. And so, I mean, all I can say is be patient and we are working. And, you know, it's what I think of when I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed at night. Every day, right now, that is my life. And thank you very much for the amount of effort you're putting into this for only compensation to go to the bribes and the ticket. Yes, and no one will um, be happier than me on the day that to, that I send the tickets to all of you. I will be the happiest person on the planet Earth when that happens. So, CCMH, are they public? Are they private? What goes on? They're generally public, but we do have reasons every once in a while to have them not public. One real good example is when we're deciding on new people to bring into the CC that, you know, isn't going to be open to the public. 
because there's discussions about people and well, anyway, it's just it wouldn't make sense. Um, there were what was the other big thing that we had to wait until we like figured something well, out. Last year it was all the tiering oh, ticket right. process and the theme can't you know and how how we were gonna yeah. how, what we were choosing to be you know the criteria. Yeah, and that was just ranking process for all I guess that was a lot different because it was the first year and the LLC kind of said for a lot of the planning last year we're not necessarily going to worry about what the community says this year because this is new and we've got to do this right and we've got to you know we're the LLC and we've got the liability yeah but then this year I guess not we, we don't have that many meetings lately that are no public allowed it's rare. Seems a lot smoother this year. Yeah, yeah and we do also now have someone doing our uh, minutes Yay. for us, and she's posting them. She hasn't quite gotten the the way to post them for the, the what our our whole goal is to be completely transparent for the community. We want our meetings, our meeting minutes, to be out there within a couple of days of our meetings, and that's what we're shooting for and what we've been trying to do. And now we have a great person who's our, Elizabeth is our scribe, and she's doing a great job keeping us on track and keeping track of our notes and stuff. And so that's going to be, that's public knowledge on the Spreading Club site site. So I've got to mention public knowledge, so they all either are posted or will be posted. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I guess, uh, as they said to me, uh, the meetings are open. How does one who's interested in attending one of the meetings like find out when they are, where they are? Well, they should check the CC section of the Burning Flip Side site. Again, this is something we're working on, getting a process for. I'm not I'm not quite sure where Elizabeth is in that process. They right could now. also just call one of us. You know, yeah, or page one of us or you one can, of the CC and say, I wanna Yo, I'm interested in attending this meeting because blah blah blah. Or send a note to see the CC. There, it's what is it? CC at Yeah, yeah. I'll even post a little link that people yes. can click on, so y'all get a lot of yes. email. Yes. Uh, another question: How does one, I guess, become part of the CC? Uh, what's the process involved there? There's a nomination process first. We go to the community. Whenever we have people drop out or we have any slots open, we go to the community and ask for nominations. So someone from the community has to nominate you and say why they think you would be a good candidate. Does it, can a person nominate themselves? Or sure. Yeah. Or, no or you can nominate yourself. Then we open that up to the community for feedback. We ask people to give us feedback on these people. And we post a series of questions um, on the website, right? And people will answer like, you know, what do you know about this person and why should they be on it? And that sort of thing. And then we go through that and read all that stuff. Um, talk about what the candidates have <coughs> that we might be lacking on the CC. Try to reach out to more communities and more, you know, more whatever, of our community, more parts of it, more different arms of the community, or people that have some sort of a, you know, just a knack for being able to make things happen, get things done, you know, and we use our own 
experiences with the people too to figure out who, who's going to get added on. Who's not? It's usually pretty hard, actually. And who's going to play well with others? Who's going to play well with others? Very, very important. That's what our That's what the consensus process leads to and requires. And then we break it down into the people we want to interview, and then we actually all of the as many as the CC members as can attend. We have actual interviews of each. And we've interviewed as many as six people per round, I think. Six or maybe even more. At least six, though, which is a lot of time because we do our interviews. So that's six hours that CC members are spending in addition to every other regular meeting on selecting new CC members. It's definitely not taken lightly. And that happened, I guess it was after Flipside? It was the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, we started it in like July, I'd say, or yeah. something. So we have to all unanimously agree on the to ones bring that in, we yeah. bring in. And uh, I'm going to have... I guess the important part about the numbers thing is it's not a set number. Like, if we are interviewing people and we have, like, all these candidates, we're only trying to fill two slots, and we have four people that we just can't decide between the four because they're all so awesome, it'll be perfect. You know, it's possible we just bring them all on, you know, because um, we're not a fixed number. It doesn't have to be 9 or 13 or 11 or whatever. <laughs> and uh, now I'm going to do uh, one final round robin to kind of, actually it'll be a back and forth, a two-part round robin. First one we're going around is, what uh, has been your favorite flip side experience to date? <laughs> you have to think about the tough one. And I'll say it again just so Psyche hears. This is a round robin. Can ask an individual, what was your favorite flip side experience to date? I've, I, I, okay, so I've got a million, and so there is no favorite. But I, I will say that I created for my second year a really large scale piece of art last year, and seeing that come into being. And seeing all the cooperation and help I got from the community just surrounding my camp to get the thing to stand up. And then watching the atmosphere that it created and watching the people interact with it was one of the most, it was one of the most amazing moments of my entire life. So, and it was the tree of knowledge and people um, would add their knowledge to the tree and it was just really amazing for me to just stand back and watch people interact with it and actually become reverent when they walked up to it. And I couldn't bear, I was originally going to burn all of those leaves on that tree, but I couldn't do it. So this year I'm making a flip side book of knowledge with all of the knowledge that people put on that tree to give to people and hopefully add more knowledge to it because it was such a profound experience for me to see that come to life the way I pictured it in my head. I remember the Tree of Knowledge. I remember, like, and these are my two experiences. One time I came to Tree of Knowledge, I read a few things, and it was, like, incredibly joyful, like, whoa, yeah, and then I, I, I don't know if I just got different knowledge or what exactly, but it was just really depressing. <laughs> Man, that's a downer. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in there. I just opened the basket for the first time since Flipside the other day, where they all are, and started reading some of them, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> so. Excellent. All right, who wants to be 
next. I found I thought of something. So sure. Um, I have to say that um, I started helping out with the uh, build of the monkey. I'd say about four days before it went to Flipside, and so it was mainly built, but. Um, I had never really helped out with building the effigy before, and that experience just, I mean, even though I'd been going to Flipside for four years earlier, it was so grand helping to build something that ended up looking the way it did, and when it went off, um, I actually got to be one of the, um, one of the flamethrower, uh, one of the people carries the flamethrowers back from um, kind of their torches right before it went. And um, so I was on the ground right next to it, right near it. Kind of Dave was running around screaming. I mean, it was just seeing that structure. And every time I see a picture of it, it's just so amazing how, how everybody did work so well together on that. And it did look great and it was just so triumphant out there so that's a pretty good memory I can go um, I don't usually like favorites either like I'm a person if they're like what's your favorite movie or whatever I'm like I don't have favorites but anyway a good moment or really memorable one that's way up there is just it was last year the overall when I was theory facilitator for city planning, I was involved with so much of the event. It was like, it really kind of hit me when I was, you know, just there walking around during the event. There'd be like, I'd see a street sign or something. I'd see that street sign and be like, oh wait, that's one that I made actually. Like there were hundreds of people working on, hundreds, dozens of people working on the sides of past one that I made. I'm like, oh yeah, I painted that one. Oh yeah. We decided, like, after community input, etc., what these streets were going to be named. And, oh yeah, we decided to put that there, too. And that camp to be there. And it's perfect there. And, you know, it was like, wow. Level of involvement was, you know, huge. And it really, it was all stuff that had to be done. Somebody had to do it. And I did it. And it just felt cool. I don't know. The feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> right, and that all these things you worried about not working yeah. out were actually working out. She had done all this work in the past that was coming together and happening the way it's supposed to and kind of makes you feel like, yeah, accomplishment, relief, yay, we all rock. It's not, yeah, ever one person's getting all these people involved throughout the community to help out. And, and then it all coming together, yeah, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but it's just like pretty ridiculous sort of amazing feeling. Oh, it is, it is, I just kicked that good. It is so hard to, uh, to pick a single thing about this multi-dimensional entity, um, but if I had to it in a general area it would be burn art I kind of realize I've always been into burn art aka big fucking fires and uh, one of the most personally significant events for me 
was um, the year where the effigy was the House of Cards and torn down and burnt in Charlie Smith's uh, Tunnel of Transformation. That was a, a, a very transformative process for me, after which I became a lot more involved in the whole organization. And the Sixth Arm Monkey God was, as a standalone effigy, the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, the rocket ship even bigger, better. I was one of the lucky ones who got to work and play on it uh, shortly before it um, went up in flames. But um, number one of my favorite part of the whole event slash community um, is uh, the honor to be associated with the people who put this event on. Fantastic. I agree with that. Um, and the one thing I just want to say, the one thing that I've learned the most from my involvement with this and is you can plan and plan and plan and stress out and stress out, but if you just let it go, it happens in the exact right way it was supposed to. You just let it go a little bit. And I'm learning that about tickets, too, even. Like, I can... I can conceptualize how I think it's going to go, but there are so many variables that you don't ever know about that you just sometimes have to just let it go and let it be what it's going to be, and then it's perfect. And that reminded me when you were saying, Tom, about looking around and seeing, wow, we put that there and it's perfect. It's like, you know, and things just have a way of just falling into place in the exact right way. Right, it's like something intrinsic in the community. And I have to keep reminding myself of that sometimes, right. but it always works if I remember that. Yeah. And it wouldn't happen with just any group of people, I think. It's, thing. it's like, there is something special about the whole group that calls themselves the Flipside community. Alright, thank you, that's been fantastic. Now... This is, rather than round robin, this is going to be just group question, all out. You know, all answer at the same time for all I care. Um, I need to know, what does it take to become a rock star? <laughs> a good the, costume. I was going to say the right outfit. <laughs> 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 and vitamins. <laughs> Emergency. <laughs> the right outfit. <laughs> And the right attitude, attitude. to right. know that you're a badass. Right. And you can do everything and have everything. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. This has been a great interview. I think I, think I want to do a sign-off, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, uh, last year, was the uh, emphasis was on safety. This year, the emphasis is on creativity. But it's still really important that everyone have a good time out there. And for goodness sake, don't kill yourself. We'd feel awful about that for about five minutes. Don't even feel awful for five minutes and then feel awful three months later when the parents sue. Okay, can I do a (laughs) sign-off? I want to say, please be patient with your really cool ticket team. Believe me, you will get your tickets as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. And um, and that while mailing, uh, you know, 
more bribes to the flip side ticket address <laughs> would not get your ticket faster. It might be nice. People mail you Definitely not get them faster, but that was really nice. And thank you to everyone that yeah, sent really us that it. stuff because it really was nice. I had 13 people at my house, and the pizza was really good. And the beer. And the beer. Anybody else hanging on? Um, I just want to say that, uh, as we were saying, this thing comes together because people decide to do it. And we need as many good-hearted, energetic people who can commit and follow through on leads, on any kind of volunteer. Yes, and Flipside happens because we make it happen. It really is fun. You get to meet people, and that's you can form bonds by working shifts together. I mean, I've met so many people. Yeah, so go meetings. do stuff. Like boring <laughs> meetings. The meetings are fun, right? Yeah. And I'll just sign off yeah. with... The views represented in this podcast are not reflective of the <laughs> Combustion Chamber, the, the, LLC. the LLC, or Austin uh, Artistic, Artistic Reconstruction, Reconstruction LLC, and represent only the opinions of the four individuals sitting we, here with you today. But we might deny it later. <laughs> Excellent. Oh no, you have recordings? <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it my interview with a sampling of the combustion chamber for listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. Flipped Out is hosted at lancehunter.net slash flip, and that's flip with one P. To contact Flipped Out, please email flippedout at gmail.com, and that's Flipped Out with two Ps. Once again, thank you for listening. Now go be spectacular. (laughs) 